Pilgrimage of the Heart Meditation is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week to discover the beauty, joy, and peace that lies just underneath. So I just got back from a two-week spiritual retreat or meditation retreat. I go uh, twice a year with, uh, to New York. That's where my teacher lived. He, Sri Chinmoy, he moved to New York in 1964 from India. He was 33. And then he lived in a little neighborhood in Queens, New York. If you've ever been to New York, the different boroughs. And so... Maybe 10 years after he moved there, when he started to get a lot of disciples and students from around the world, people would get together twice a year there for um, what he called celebrations or like a spiritual festival. So I don't know if, has anyone been to India? Okay. Or Bali? So in, in Bali and in India, the whole concept of a spiritual festival is, is much more prevalent. So a lot of, I guess in my experience anyway, in the Western culture, our ceremonies, our religious uh, events, spiritual events are more like inside places. But in India, it's not uncommon to be walking down the street and there's a big parade, a spiritual parade or a spiritual festival happening and, you know, the whole town is involved. And so twice a year, uh, Sri Chamoy students from around the world would get together and so we still do that. About, I think there were, I looked at the meal count because um, there's a restaurant there like Jyoti Bihanga, but it closes down for that two weeks and then all the meals are cooked out of it. And I think the day we cooked, which was um, just before the biggest day when the most people come, was about 800 people. So it was a really nice um, time and I came back really uplifted from it. And so I was thinking, why was that? You know, so I went away for two weeks, and each day <clears throat> there was um, in the morning some sports. So different people choose to go running or play frisbee or different things, and there's a nice cafe back there, so meet some friends for breakfast. And then every morning at 10 a.m., there'd be meditation. So Sri Chamoy used to play a lot of tennis, and the students back there turned an old dead end street, they leased it and bought it from the city and turned an old dead-end street and gully into a really beautiful tennis court and park. So there's all these big trees. and So it's really beautiful, especially in the summer. And so then every morning at 10 a.m., a lot of the people would get together, do some meditation, some different music groups uh, would perform or singing groups would perform. <clears throat> then there's lunch in a park, you know, that would get cooked in the um, restaurant. And then in the afternoon, there'd be another function of the meditation and the music and the singing, which I personally would usually cut out of and go play golf uh, 
with some friends or go to a restaurant in Manhattan or something. And then in the evening again at 7.30, group meditation for 30 minutes and followed by about two hours of, uh, again, music, meditation. People put on plays. And then outside of the park, well, part of the park, there's like a little cafe that uh, some of the people put together. So there's refreshments. And, and so this, it was basically like that kind of um, day-to-day existence. And so it was really nice to be able to step away from kind of the mundane world or the usual world of, you know, work and just going through the same routine and being around, um, you know, 800 or 1,000 people who are really focused on a lot of meditation and uh, prayer and, I guess, personal growth. And then during it, there's also a 47-mile race, an ultramarathon that starts at midnight and goes till um, 10 a.m. the next morning. There was a marathon. There's a day of a big circus. People put on circus acts. There's plays. So there's a lot of creative things. And invariably, I come back really uplifted. And in the teachings of the Buddha, it says that there's three things that are key for spiritual growth. And those three things are teachings, good spiritual teachings, which um, can connect with a, good, a spiritual teacher, but a teacher doesn't need to be living for you to benefit. So my teacher passed away eight years ago. Um, but still, you know, I can study the teachings and still you know, find guidance there. Um, so it says the good teachings, a shanga, some type of community. And I think that that's a really integral part of the experience I had was you know, these 800,000 people getting together and saying, okay, let's, let's really focus on the spirit or that deeper, the deeper human nature. And then the last thing that's key, says the Buddha, is your own actions, your dharma, what you do for your own growth. And so I guess just being involved with it, deciding to go and be part of the experience and um, helping to cook and go to the different events and just the act of participating. One of my friends back there who does a lot of projects, he always says that 99% of completing a project is starting. That that's the toughest thing, to get up the motivation to get the ball rolling. And once you get the ball rolling, then there's the momentum. But it's that first initial push. And so in your own lives, taking a look because I've been doing this for like 35 years, going to New York twice a week and the spiritual retreat and then something over Christmas. So it's pretty ingrained into my like year cycle and the way I look at things. And so I guess looking at your own lives and looking, you know, what, what spiritual teachings do you get guidance from? You know, where, where can you go um, in your own life to, to where you think there's a source of knowledge that you can rely on, that you can um, plunge into or, or really trust in? You know, what, 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 um, where do you find your spiritual guidance? And then secondly, what, what community? You know, so coming here to meditation is definitely a community, being part of a yoga studio. And so looking at your deeper practices, your meditation, and what community you have to help support that. And then the last thing is your own actions. How much of your own life energy do you put into your practice? 
into your meditation practice, into your own spiritual discipline. So the idea of a daily, your own daily practice, five or 10 or 15 minutes or a half hour, whatever it is, once or twice or three times a day, um, keeping yourself healthy and just your lifestyle. You know, what do you do to help deepen your spiritual growth? And combining those three things, you can get those three things going in your life, the community, your own practice, and teachings that you have trust in, then you really have a good, strong foundation for your, for your spiritual growth. And I think a really challenging thing is finding teachings that you trust and that you really feel secure in. So I know for myself, before I met my teacher, I'd been to about 10 different meditation groups. I was well-versed in Christianity. I'd read Buddhism. So I'd done a lot of research and a lot of study and searching to find spiritual teaching that I really felt uh, could guide me. So looking around for that, seeking that out. Okay, any questions about any of that? Is anyone here meditating, trying meditation for the first time tonight? One person. Okay, good. So you'll be able to just jump right in. And um, it's a guided meditation. Starts with conscious relaxation throughout our whole body, flowing then into concentration, focusing our minds. And then for the meditation tonight, once we're in that meditative state, I'll bring up these three things, the, the, the teacher, the teachings, and the shanga, or the community. And you can ponder and just muse over that a little bit about where, where you go um, or wh- what energies you have in your life to support your spiritual growth. So beginning by finding a posture where your spine is as straight as is comfortable to keep you conscious and alert. Breath, body, mind, and emotions are all intertwined. Naturally allowing your breathing to slow down, to become deeper and smoother. If possible, breathing in and out through your nose.
step back from yourself just enough to observe your body naturally slowing down. You don't have to force your breathing to become deeper and more relaxed. It happens on its own. Observe that process. Moving into a meditative state is a very natural process. As you breathe in, become aware of the muscles in your forehead and around your eyes. As you exhale, let those muscles release and relax. Breathing in an awareness of the muscles in your cheeks and jaw. Exhaling, feeling those muscles melting. As you breathe in, becoming aware of the muscles in the back of your neck and shoulders. This is where we take a lot of our daily tension, consciously letting those muscles melt and release, letting go of the day behind you. As you breathe in, feeling your chest opening and expanding, lungs filling with air, exhaling, letting the muscles in your chest release, feel that release all the way into your physical heart.
now as you breathe in, feeling that expansion in your chest. As you exhale, let that peaceful feeling flow down through your solar plexus into your navel center. Now choose one other area in your body where you feel or suspect there's tension or holding. Breathe in an awareness of that area. Exhaling, consciously releasing.
Now from conscious relaxation, we'll gather up our awareness in yogic concentration. Open your eyes enough so you can either see a spot of darker bamboo flooring or gaze up a little bit to either the painting on the easel or up higher on the wall. Pick one spot. Let your vision rest there. It's okay to blink. It's okay if your vision blurs. Just keep your eyeballs still and calm. Now, continuing to keep your eyeballs still, lay your eyelids close, shift your awareness to your ears, and then to the sound of the flute. Imagine that the sound of the flute is something you're trying to hold on to. Try not to let go of it.
Shifting your awareness once more, this time to your sense of touch. Focusing in on the feeling of breath moving in and out through your nostrils. And if you can draw your awareness inward to your heartbeat. So either breath or heartbeat. And now to begin our meditation, bring your awareness either to your third eye area in between your eyebrows and a little above, or into your heart center, center of your chest. And so the three pillars of spiritual or personal growth, good teachings, strong community, and your own actions. So beginning with your own actions, inwardly visualize what you do or what you could do to deepen your own personal practice.
Now shifting to spiritual community, <clears throat> visualizing, feeling spiritual community in your life. If this is your community, visualizing this inside your heart, whatever you consider to be your spiritual community, your Shanga community. If these exercises expose a lack of, then you can start to visualize and create the vision for any of these things. And finally, visualizing a teacher or teachings in which you have faith and trust. And now for the last two or three minutes of the meditation, choosing where you want to put your awareness. 
can be on any of the earlier relaxation, concentration, or meditations. Each time you end your meditation, slowly and gradually, bringing your awareness back to your body and surroundings as much as you need to, but as much as you're able to, holding on to this inner awareness. So it's really helpful to know the basic foundation for your own growth and empowerment. Again, the solid community, good teachings, and your own actions. And so in that subtle state of meditation, there's an openness and an honesty with oneself so you can really clearly see if you have that in your life. And if you do the meditation can deepen and strengthen that awareness of that. Or if you don't, your meditation is a good opportunity for you to inwardly visualize or let the universe know that you'd like that, that you know it's valuable and you want to bring that forward. You want to bring that into your life. Okay, so here at the yoga studio, we have a number of events each week that can help with your journey. Of course, the basic yoga classes are a great um, community and learning, etc. And then in the realm of meditation, there's the Monday night North Park, Tuesday night here, 
We have Wednesday morning, mindfulness. Thursday night, kirtan. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but... Um, so, yeah, so lots of opportunities for uh, your own growth and empowerment. Again, if you are new to the meditation, I really suggest trying to get a daily practice going, do a little reading, and then uh, go into your meditation. Because one thing that makes the meditation a little easier, first of all, is the group, the group energy, but also uh, the seven or ten minutes of discussion beforehand helps to lift your mind out of the uh, physical world. It's talking, thinking about a little philosophy. And so when you sit down and meditate in the morning or the evening or whenever you do, to do a little spiritual reading beforehand will help your practice. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego or visit us online at pyo.yoga. Namaste.